0: So we're in Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own
1: brilliant thank you Susie so we're thinking this morning about worry I don't know if that's something that affects you, but I thought I'd start um, just with a few statistics about worry this morning. Now, um, so, yeah, I was just doing a bit of research, and and apparently 300,000 people a year leave jobs in this country because of mental health. It's shocking, isn't it? 300,000 people because of mental health. And in any one year, one in four of the British population will experience some sort of mental health problem. And these these are often to do with anxiety or depression. Um, And although women are three times more likely to seek treatment and to get treatment, the um, staggering statistic is that men are three times more likely to die as a result of suicide than women. And you know, we've heard a lot about that in the news recently. Mental health is such a big issue, and people self-medicate um, statistics say that 34 of the UK, 34% of the UK population use alcohol to, um, to deal with problems of anxiety and worry, so th- just so that they can cope with life. And nearly half the British population, I don't know if this surprises you, it surprises me, nearly half the British population are more likely to use Google than go to a doctor when they have um, such problems, mental health problems, worry, anxiety, or depression. So this is a huge issue. It's one that faces um, lots of us here today, but it also faces so many people out there in our world. And it's on the rise. It's on the rise especially with young people Um, there are so many young people struggling with anxiety and depression. And perhaps, you know, this is one of those things that we think about a bit, that um, it's caused by social media. And that may be true when you have access. You can tap your phone a couple of times and you can see the best bits of hundreds and thousands of people's lives, and you compare them to the average bits of your own life makes you feel a little bit like, well, you come up short, your life's boring, it's not good enough. Um, And then there's other things that are going on in in young people's lives. They've got to worry about um, not being able to afford certain things, rising cost of education, lack of jobs, concern about Brexit, house prices. Maybe they've been exposed to a kind of parenting themselves that means that it's really, really difficult for them to fail. They don't know how to do that because their parents have kept them so safe all of the time. And all of these things can lead young people today to worry and to be more anxious than ever before. But it's not just young people, is it? Those of us who are older, we worry too, especially in times of transition. We worry uh, maybe when we're moving job. Um, We worry that there's not enough for us and for our family. There's not enough to go round. We worry about lack of security. Um, We we worry about our jobs, insecurity there, maybe our pension provision. Maybe it's mounting debts that we worry about. These are all factors that mean that we are living in a world that's more worried, I think, than it has been in a long time. And I think there's also another factor that is causing this kind of epidemic of worry and anxiety is the fact that for most people in our society, faith in God is, is not really relevant anymore. It's not a factor. And when you've got nothing and no one else to rely on other than yourself... That's quite. Um, that's a big pressure. That's a big pressure to be self-sufficient, to be in charge, to handle everything, and it affects how we think about our jobs, our family, our future, our life, our health, and that can even affect actually the way we see church, because. For those of us who are really involved in church life, we can be so busy trying to keep the show on the road and and get stuff done and to make sure that everything's okay and be self-sufficient as people. We forget that we're here to worship God and God is bigger and God is in control and God um, has a plan and it's not actually all down to us. When we lose that perspective that God is bigger, these things can happen. And so I want us today to look at this issue of worry and think about what wisdom we can learn from Jesus in this passage on the Sermon on the Mount, and what it might have to offer ourselves, but also what does it have to offer our friends, our family, those who find worry and anxiety overwhelming and are really struggling with it. And the first thing is this, worry is not your friend, Worry is not your friend, and I don't know about you, but I can, at times, spend a significant amount of energy and time worrying. And it's the kind of worry that imagines, I don't know if you're like me, you imagine the worst case scenario, the worst possible outcome. You kind of do this thing where you, um, you scan the horizon of your life when you're feeling okay. Have I got anything to worry about today? I could worry about that hmm, maybe I'll give that a bit of time to worry about that. Oh, yeah. Anything else? Something else to worry about? I can spend some time thinking, does anyone else do that? Is it just me? Just kind of scanning your life and thinking, I feel okay, but I'm sure there must be something to worry about. And then we assume the worst is going to happen. We kind of get caught up in it, and we, we just make it into a bigger thing. Why do we do this? Why do I do this? I think it might be because... If I imagine what that bad outcome, or how that that could go, uh, that unfortunate consequence, if I imagine it, first of all, I won't be surprised when it actually happens, or if it actually happens. And you know, it feels a bit productive, doesn't it, worrying? It feels like you're doing something. I've thought through all of the possible um, scenarios and how this could end badly. But actually, um, someone I know described it as, worry is a bit like sitting in a rocking chair. You feel like you're doing something, but you're not actually getting anywhere, are you? You're just going back and forth. You're not, you feel productive, but you're not getting anywhere. And I want us to think about the consequences of worry a little bit this morning. And one of the big consequences, um, and I know this is true for me, it may be true for you as well, worry robs us of joy. It has the potential to rob us of happiness, of joy, of actually being able to embrace all the good stuff that is going on in our lives. Because when something good happens, worry says, it's not going to last. And when something um, bad happens, it says, that's all you're going to over-expect. It's not going to get better for you than that. And our amount, the amount of happiness and joy that we experience will always be limited when worry about the future, about other possibilities, takes a hold. And another effect of um, worry, and this is again, it's really true for me, is worry can rob us of the present moment. Worry can rob us of the present moment. It's always preempting what is going to come. I was. Um, before Dan and I got married, we were dating long distance. And so I was, I was training for a donation in Cambridge. He was living in Egham, and we would see each other most uh, weekends, but my weekends were always Friday and Saturday, um, for obvious reasons. And so I would get really excited um, when it was coming up to Friday, because Dan was coming, and I was going to see him, and it was going to be great. Um, and I'd really, really look forward to it all week. I'd have kind of a countdown and be like, yes, I can't wait to see him again. And then he'd come and we'd have like a lovely day together on a Friday afternoon. Friday evening would be great, Saturday morning would be great. He'd always have to leave Saturday like late afternoon, early evening. So at Saturday lunchtime, almost exactly the same time every week, I would just become miserable because I knew he was going to leave. I knew that, um, that he'd be gone and then I wouldn't get to see him for another week. And although he was still there, present with me for another five, six, seven hours or however long, I was miserable as sin and nothing could be done to cheer me up. And even the fact that he was there with me wasn't enough because I was just thinking about the fact that I was going to be without him and he'd be gone. And I was just preempting the future. I wasn't able to be present in the, mo- in the moment. I was miserable. And then Sunday is even worse. But let's not talk about that. And I'm a planner. I love to plan. I love to organise. I love to look forward to the future, the next holiday, the next party, the next thing. But on the flip side of thinking about the future too much, we can miss the present moment. And we can miss what God is doing here and now. And we can miss the experiences that God longs to give us, the beautiful days, those lovely moments with our families, those gentle little reminders that actually life can be good. We can miss those if we're constantly thinking about the future. So Jesus says, do not worry. And it's strong language that he uses. He's not beating around the bush, he's direct. He says, therefore, I do tell you, do not worry. Worry can steal our joy. It can stop us being present. It can stop us living life in all of its fullness. It feels comforting sometimes to worry. But actually, unless we turn that into action, it is not good for us. Now, you might be sitting here this morning thinking, it's all well and good, but my personality type, I just, I'm a worrier, that's, that's who I am, that's how I'm made. I prepare myself for the worst. I think about the future. And that is true. I'm like that. That is true. And we can't remove the bit of our brain that gets us proactively thinking about what would happen if certain scenarios were to um, kind of arise. But we can do something um, to think about what we actually do with that worry. Do Do we let go of it? Do we say there's nothing I can do about it? and therefore move on? Do we say, actually, I can do one, two, or three things about it and, th- and do those things and then choose not to worry? But actually just st- staying in that cycle of worry that is completely passive and is not actually getting anywhere is not good for us. So we need to transform any worry that we do have to action and I think, actually, we know that when we're kind of in that trap, in that cycle, it's a downward spiral. We catastrophize. The smallest thing gets worse and worse and worse. It's not good for us. It's not good for our relationships. It's not good for our faith. So we need to, first of all, remember that worry isn't our friend. Second thing we need to remember, I think, when it comes to worry... And this is common sense stuff. This isn't, this isn't brain science. I haven't got anything particularly revolutionary, I don't think, this morning. But the second thing we need to remember is God is bigger. When it comes to worry, God is bigger. That's what Jesus reminds us. He reminds us, who is it who gives you everything you need? Who is it who feeds you, who clothes you, who provides for all your needs? It is God. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Come on. God's got this. God is bigger. And I don't know how good you are at letting someone else look after you. Is anyone really good at that? Is anyone terrible at letting someone else look after them? Yes. Okay, I'm in good company this morning. You're very good at looking after other people, but you're like, I'm fine, I don't need any help. Yeah, yeah. We're in a culture, we live in a culture that's not very good at letting other people look after us. We We don't. We get suspicious of strangers that do nice things, don't we? Like, what's going on? Have they got an ulterior motive? Uh, We do a bit of a double check with the contract to make sure we're not being screwed over in any way. We don't want to get stitched up. We don't trust very easily. We don't let other people help us very easily because we're trying to be self-sufficient. But actually, if we take that thinking to an extreme, it makes for quite a miserable individualistic world, doesn't it? If we're all looking after ourselves, not focusing on anything else, not letting anyone else into our inner bubble, with trying to be totally self-sufficient, it is a pretty miserable place to be. But it also doesn't actually work. Because all of us, either personally or with other people, will experience illness, will experience old age, We'll experience death, if nothing else. We may experience a range of other things that mean actually self-reliance ultimately doesn't work. We need other people. And we also need God. And the great thing is, the God that we have does care about us. God is able to provide for us, is much bigger than our burdens and our problems. And in 1 Peter, I love the verse that says, Cast all your burdens onto him, for he cares for you. He cares for you. He is good, he cares for you, and he is able to care for you so we can cast our burdens onto him. God can make a difference. God does have a power. God is bigger than your worries. And for me, this feels like a massive weight off my shoulders because when I'm no longer the center of the universe, when I no longer have to prop everything up, I'm no longer the one who's kind of ultimately responsible for myself and those I care about, I can breathe, I can let go actually, God's got this. I don't need to fix every problem that comes my way. I don't need to solve everyone else's issues or whatever they've got going on, because God should be in the position of God, and I, therefore, can be me. And I can trust that God will provide for all my needs, and also the needs of those I care about and I love and you know what? We live in this busy, frantic world, don't we? Black Friday is an example of that. I don't know if anyone has been on town this weekend. It's madness. It is full-on. It is constant. It is pressure. It is just relentless. We live in this world where everyone is running around and trying to do so much stuff and make so much stuff and be so much and to have so much. And it's, it's just too much. And we need to slow down. We need to stop for a moment, don't we? And we need to think, what's really going on here? Why are we being so busy? Why are we trying so hard? We need to slow down, we need to stop, we need to rest, and we need to let God be God for just a moment and if we want to shine brightly if we want to show people what God is like that's a really prophetic um, message for the world that actually it's okay you're not going to miss out everything is not going to fall apart if you take a moment if you slow down if you have some rest if you have some time off if you let go just for a minute God has got this God is bigger and the third thing that Jesus tells us to do in this passage is to seek God's kingdom. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, he says, will be given to you as well. Now it's bizarrely upside down, the kingdom of God, because it's a kingdom that is defined by focusing not on ourselves but on God and that is how we get what we need provided for us. If we focus on God's kingdom and not our own little kingdoms, not our own little worlds, not our own little problems, that is the place that we find the freedom, the wholeness, the contentment, the satisfaction that we're actually longing for. Jesus is constantly making this point. If you want to save your life, you need to lose it. If you want to lose your life, then you can try and work really hard to keep it. That's the upside-down world of God's kingdom. Now, for some people... Worry and anxiety are debilitating, they cause mental health problems, and they need appropriate medication and therapy, and that is what is necessary for some people. For others of us, we might say, generally, my mental health's quite good, but you can catch me on a bad day, or I have an off period, or things go a little bit wrong at times, like me. Maybe you try and think your way out of a situation or you try to to manage it when you're having a bad day. But generally, you're okay. Now, Jesus says that instead of trying to think our way out of a problem, instead of trying to go round and round and round and think about the worst possible um, outcome and the way that things are going to just end badly for us, instead of doing that, instead of focusing basically on ourselves, we should seek God's kingdom. Stop thinking about ourselves so much. We need to get out of our heads, we need to get out of ourselves at times and get a different perspective. And we need to focus on God and what God is doing instead of ourselves. Actually, how many times have you found, and this is true for me, how many times have you found the cure to your own worries is focusing on on something else, something outside you, helping someone in need? Actually, how many times does that help me? I know that does for me. Make, um, make a difference in my life, it brings me healing, it brings me joy, it brings me satisfaction in a way that me sitting in a room and just going round and round in my head is never, gonna, is never going to help. Now, if we're looking for happiness and if we're looking for life in all its fullness, if we're looking to be free from worry, then I would suggest that we need to start by seeking God's kingdom first. It's more meaningful, it's bigger, it's more eternal than our own lives. And that's the place that we find that freedom that God wants to give us. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us today? Think about God's kingdom. What does that look like? What does it look like to think about justice rather than your own problems? What does it mean to think about justice? Bringing people to Jesus rather than spending time comparing your life to someone else's life on Instagram. It looks a bit meaningless in comparison, doesn't it? What does it mean to focus on the sick, on the poor, on the marginalized, on those in need rather than uh, yourself? Does it make you kind of appreciate a little bit more all of the good things that God's given you to enjoy? when we campaign for the rights of those who are oppressed, when we share the good news with other people, we realise that actually God wants to use us. God wants to use me. That's incredible. That's an amazing gift that I have. That's an amazing responsibility. But it's also an absolute privilege that I have. We need to focus on this bigger kingdom than our own lives. And you know, what's true with God is that there is always enough. There is always enough for today and for tomorrow, for each and every one of us. And our society says there isn't enough. Worry, get involved in snatching and grabbing and working really hard, in being really busy because there's not enough and you might lose out. But God's way says there is enough. Look at the flowers, look at the birds, they're fine. And I think this is a better truth to be living in than the one of our society. So even though worry is this massive thing, I think we do have stuff to offer the world. We can offer a world the truth that worry isn't your friend. God is bigger. God has got this. And when you seek God's kingdom, you start to see things in a different way. And I hope that 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 is something that you can hold with you this week. I hope that's something that you can share with those who you know do struggle because we want them to be free from that worry. It's not a good thing. And there is healing and there is wholeness and there is hope for all of us. Let's pray.